Hello, hello, hello. The bell has rung, and welcome once again to the Dr. Digital Podcast. Another great episode coming your way. Thanks for listening in. Let's get started. Chapter 6, The Big Afghan. The judge said, Mr. Schlechter, since I've got your client's IRS returns here, and Mrs. Theus will supply her records at a later date, I will render a decision based on the evidence presented today. You've agreed with opposing counsel that your client's earning capacity is three times that of Mrs. Theus. In addition, Mrs. Theus is a part-time employee at minimum wage and is on a leave for rest. Based on the evidence, I'm rendering a decision in favor of Mrs. Theus for alimony pendente lite. Case dismissed. With that, the judge wrapped his gavel. Alimony pendente lite is temporary support, though how long provisional is Robert could not answer. Robert is not on my favorites list. After a couple of days, as I grew accustomed to looking around outside my door before exiting, I got my mail and an official letter came from the court. Someone had slit the seal of the envelope. I suspect my mail is being rifled through. In any case, the letter declared me in arrears of child support and temporary spousal support. The order was backdated from when Anne first kidnapped Catron. I had 30 days to pay $6,000 or face jail time and lose my driver's license. I couldn't pay it all off at once, but since I did want contact with Catron soon at a medical exam, I made out a check for a nominal amount. I called Robert. The tonsil thing was a setup. How so? Anne's friend, Dr. Barry San Giorgio, is a friend of the San Jacintos, who are the people who threatened me with legal action at the bus stop incident when their kid cut Catron's eye. Today, Barry walked in and asked me to sit down. Innocently, I was standing because I thought he was going to examine Catron, and I wanted to look over his shoulder so I could see Catron's symptoms for myself. Catron's regular pediatrician often has me look over her shoulder. When I looked, however, Anne chimed in. He enjoys making people feel uncomfortable. Barry turned to me to say, I know you are going through problems right now. Since he's a short guy like Napoleon, he looked up at me, specifically at my head. Anne recited a litany of symptoms, but I countered with Catron's condition. Catron should not follow Anne's insistence that Catron's tonsils be removed. Catron missed only a day of school all year, and in March, she had a bout with a 101-degree temperature. She took antibiotics for 10 days and seemed fine. No complaints, redness, sore throat, slept peacefully, nothing. Why should the tonsils come out? I'm looking for compelling medical evidence. He asked, have you been around when Catron has been ill? Barry interrupted me when I pointed out that Mom worked graveyard, so she would not know Catron's sleeping habits. Barry said, I don't want to get into that with you two. I am conveying Catron's condition accurately. Barry seemed to oddly reason if, as a physician, he wants to know reliably how Catron is doing. Robert asked, Look, is your kid okay? She's tense. In the room, I winked at her, but Anne and Barry stood between us the whole time. The gist of the examination is to monitor Catron for six months and see how she is. This is the same analysis that Catron's regular pediatrician stated just a few weeks ago. I took her in for the annual WellKid checkup, just like always. I can call to verify that analysis. This was a setup to make me look bad. 
I've met Barry casually, but when he walked in the room, he did not reintroduce himself, state his name, or shake my hand, but Anne asked Barry how he was doing. One more thing. My cousin is a pediatrician in Philly. He suggests Anne might have Munchausen syndrome by proxy. All right, all right, calm down. I'll call Dr. San Giorgio. Be right back. I got an email from Robert instead. I spoke with the doc and had a very calm and good conversation. I suggested that next time the matter be referred to a new ENT physician. He agrees. I hounded Robert. Robert, I got a call from Emilio Rizzuto, the Thanatos counselor for Catron. Rizzuto is asking about weekly sessions with mother bringing Catron, including my parenting time, because Rizzuto states, I understand the sessions are court-ordered. The order simply states, parents shall agree on counseling. Did you really expect Anne to tell the truth? No, but shouldn't the counselor begin to see through her? Unclear, unknown, it's not that important for now. All right, do I just continue to pay the extra costs? Such as? The summer YMCA camp that Anne demanded? You want your kid to have fun? Yes. Then shut up and pay. By the time we get to court, we'll be too late. And school? Catron goes to private school, right? How much is that? Over 10 G's a year. All yours since Anne reneged on the financing. However, she said under oath that she would place the child in the private school if she had the money. So at least in court, she agrees to a private school education. Robert, what is your plan? I'm getting slaughtered while trying to take care of our daughter. While I appreciate your frustration, you do understand that you did choose to have and raise children with your wife. I didn't choose this situation, and Catron certainly didn't choose California. There is only one condition that you may violate the order. However, unless you have reason and strong evidence that the child is endangered, you will be held in contempt. How would I know Catron's condition? The custodial parent is not answerable to the non-custodial parent as to the whereabouts of a child on a daily, hourly, or minute-by-minute basis. On the basis of experience and for what I understand is going on, and is violating the order by badmouthing you in front of the child and not returning your calls as ordered. So I may not know where Katrin is or if she was all right. Now, now, not exactly. The relief we seek is to have a court order directing that the badmouthing stop and that your phone calls be returned in a civil fashion. How does this help me win custody? No judge will deny custody for these violations. As stupid as it sounds, this type of behavior is the norm. So the upshot of this is that I see Katrin from a distance, at times, and fleeting. Not exactly. We're building a case, making a record for Anne's inability to obey rules and orders. It will take time. And how much time exactly does Katrin have? It seems to me that if we provide Mrs. Theus with sufficient rope, she will definitely hang herself. And I take a chance with Catron's sanity and health, mind you. My brief encounters with Anne have given me the impression that she feels that she is smarter and more savvy than anyone else, that she knows more and can outsmart me, you, the court, and anyone else. For the time being, let's say you are correct. What do we do? Let's build a record obey the court order for custody, and insist that she do so. I do not feel that she can do so for any length of time. And if I have evidence that she's working graveyard and not just at the clothing store, 
Possibly we can get custody because in that case, she has left the child without adequate supervision and returned to her previous lifestyle. This is in contrast to what she contended in court. Robert, I don't think Anne is well. My cousin, who has no reason to talk to Anne, got a call at 7 a.m. yesterday. When she checked the number and dialed star 69, the number was our old home number. Anne has it now at another location. I fax Bill my letter. Oh, and one more thing, Paul. Three words of advice. Document, document, and document. Re, Theus versus Theus. Dear Bill, thank you for securing the return of the child security Afghan. I note that Mrs. Theus claims that the Afghan is not utilized by the child during her stay with mom. Is Mrs. Theus suggesting that she does not desire the blanket to accompany the child to mom's house? Is Mrs. Theus advancing a simple solution whereby the blanket remains at dad's house? Dr. Theus will return the Afghan with the child as Mrs. Theus' comments in this regard are as self-serving as they are false. Dr. Theus stated that he would not rely upon them to the detriment of their child. As you will recall, the custody order provides for counseling sessions as the parties shall agree. It was you who insisted that Thanatos counseling be utilized. Dr. Theus called and arranged the session to be held at the convenience of your client on July 8, 1999, and despite the careful arrangements made in consideration of your client's availability, Mrs. Theus failed to appear for the July 8, 1999 counseling session at the office of Amelia Rizzuto at Thanatos Counseling. The new session has been rescheduled for July 29, 1999. Curiously, prior to failing to appear at the scheduled counseling session, Mrs. Theus apparently called Thanatos Counseling and unsuccessfully attempted a unilateral arrangement for joint weekly sessions to be held at times and dates when my client was at work and their child was in camp. The custody order provides for telephone contact with the party's child. When Mrs. Theus returns calls, the conversation is initiated with a barrage of criticism, castigation, and complaining directed towards Dr. Theus. My client reports that this abuse takes place with the child on the line. Dr. Theus is concerned that Mrs. Theus takes each and every contact with him to create stress and tension on the party's child and to drain any benefit the child may derive from such contact. He is of the opinion that Mrs. Theus is attempting to create an atmosphere of hate, disdain, and derision surrounding the telephone call event. We again request that you kindly direct Mrs. Theus to act in a civilized and cordial fashion. To do otherwise is a violation of not only the spirit, but the letter of the custody order. This is Mick, the Doctor of Digital, signing off. Mick, as in Jagger, except he's got more money. Mick, the Doctor of Digital, signing off. The Doctor of Digital, like cotton candy for your ears. Deus Volk. <laughs>